Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Major News. White Wine Question Time is going live. We're doing three shows in London's West End in the autumn. I can't believe it. And we've got some incredible guests lined up for you. So on Saturday, the 18th of September at the Leicester Square Theatre, uh, we will be doing a show with Craig Revell Hallwood. Yeah. Just as you can smell the sequence of Strictly as it comes back to our screen. Then on the 9th of October... I can't believe they've all agreed to do this, but we're reuniting the cast of Grange Hills. So I've got Todd Carty, Tucker, Lee McDonald, Zamo, and Alison Valentine, who played Faye, and there'll be more to be announced. And then finally, on Saturday, the 13th of November, the cast of Dunbreeding. So Tracy Ann Oberman, Julie Graham, Tamsin Athwaite, Denise Welsh, Julie Newman will all be joining us to do a live show. Tickets are on sale now, available from the Live Nation website, Ticketmaster, or wherever you get your tickets. Come and see us! And welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And we're still on our holidays this week, so we bring you some of the finest moments from recent episodes by way of, well, our favourite revelations, served up by some of the incredible guests we've had in recent months. And kicking things off, it's Dame Arlene Phillips, who's able to backtrack to the day that everything changed for her when she landed a job as the babysitter and live-in au pair for one Ridley Scott. The rest, as they say, is history. I think my life has built on pivoting, you know, <laughs> uh, where where you, you step on a little platform before you you dance and pivot 
and it changes dramatically. And one of those was um, began when I was in Manchester, and I had become a dance teacher because, due to uh, my mother dying when I was young, I didn't. You were just fifteen, weren't you? Yeah, when your mum passed. Yeah, I yeah. didn't feel I could leave home. I didn't feel it was right. My sister was twelve, and my brother um, left school to go out to work and. And my father wasn't well. So I knew the family had to stay together. So I eventually I studied dance in Manchester and became a teacher. And out of the blue, when I was 22, um, the head of the school said to me, I've just heard that in London, this incredible um, studio has opened where you can go in, take a class and pay for that class. And they've got teachers from America Go and do a week of classes, and then when you come back for the new term in the autumn, new new movement, new inspiration. Off I went to London, first time in London. Um, was it? Yeah. Oh, I bet you were yeah. so excited, oh, Arlene. I was thrilled. Staying at the YWCA just off Tottenham Court Road and going to classes every day. Um, wow. And I'd arrived on Sunday, ready to do my classes on Monday. And... On a Friday night was my last class because I was leaving to go back on the, on Saturday. And the very last class I went into was um, a notice that said, Molly Malloy, American Jazz. So I went into this class and there was the most extraordinary teacher teaching a form of jazz, but it was a cross between contemporary and classical dance the most beautiful movement I had ever seen. And I was lost and living in that class. I had fallen in love with the teacher, with the class, with everything about it. And that night, um, uh, at the end of the class, um, I sat in the little canteen having a coffee and Molly was chatting and she just turned to me and said, oh, you were just amazing in my class. I've never seen anyone pick up the style the way you did and I said I felt I was born to do this and she said um uh are you coming back and I said no I go back to Manchester tomorrow it's you know this is uh, my job is there and she said oh but I'll give you a scholarship you know can you stay in London I said I I can't I have nowhere to live no you know no money no uh I can't I can't just leave my job and she said I know someone who's looking for someone to live in and help with babysitting, a bit of cleaning. It's a paid job and um, they're desperate for somebody. Should I, you know, do you want me to call? So I said, well, yeah, but I don't think I can just just leave. She said, well, think about it. Um, She said, you know, and you can come and stay at my flat. I've got a flat. If you can sort everything out. So I thought about it that night and I decided that I think I had to check out around 12 o'clock in lunchtime to get my train back on Saturday. And on the Saturday morning, I called home and I said, I want to stay in London. You know, my sister had grown up now and I just want to know how you'd feel. And they were like shocked and horrified. And I said, I just oh. need to do this if I can. Then I spoke to Molly. She had spoken 
to Ridley Scott. And he said, yeah, I'm looking for somebody. Can you get them like straight away? And I, all I knew about Ridley Scott is that he had a company directing commercials with his brother, Tony, didn't know any more about him. Because at that time, um, he had made one small film. Yeah, I mean, Blade Runner was a, was a twinkle in his eye. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I got the job. Molly said she's going to give me a scholarship. The only thing to sort out now was my dance teacher. I called her up and I said, I know this is going to be difficult, but I want to give notice and the money you've spent on my coming to London, I will pay you back. I'll pay every penny back. You just have to give me a chance to earn the money. And I stayed in London. It changed my life. And I did pay back the money I owed. My family did eventually understand. And because I knew how to teach, I started my own classes. And while working for Ridley, But the most amazing thing was Ridley said, you dance. I've got a tiny little commercial to do for Lions Made Ice Cream. Um, It's just three people. Well, four, actually. It's a milkmaid, a farmer, and a dancing cow. And (laughs) the milkmaid was Miriam Margulies, actually. Was it really? Yeah. And it was like a a hop, skip, and a jump, you know. Uh, (laughs) It was easy to do. And... Because I had worked worked well with Ridley, he said to me a few weeks later, oh, I've got another commercial. It's for this American drink called Dr. Pepper. It wasn't over here. And Will, are you willing to do the commercials? I said, yeah. Not realizing the first one had, I think, 40 dancers at Pinewood Studio. (laughs) And the second one had the Royal Ballet at Pinewood Studios, never realizing how big they were. And so I got a contract to make Dr. Pepper commercials, not just for Ridley, but to go to America and make them. So suddenly I had money, I had a life, and it's all that little pivot. You know, the chances I took extraordinary. stay in London and take the job for Ridley. If you peel it all back, it's really the dance teacher in Manchester that, that started that, uh, that kind of domino effect of where your life went on to. Totally. You know, and that's something I hadn't always thought about. If she hadn't sent me to London mm. that very week, and that was the yeah. first week, Molly had only started her classes the Monday I arrived, but I didn't even know when I went in the dance centre because there were classes everywhere that yeah. um, she was teaching until I saw that little notice the night before I left. And I do believe in that kind of umbrella that there's something there that just tells you go in that direction, you know, which way is the right direction? Where's the fork in the road? Yeah. You can choose the right fork. What a story, Arlene. What a story. And you don't know these things are going to happen. No. But over and over again, you know, me telling Andrew, the roller skating story. I mean, yeah, that Starlight Express. Three years before, he called me up. Wow. We journey now to the other side of the planet to check in with Danny Minogue, who shares with us the time she and her sister Kylie put their heads together to pull off the mother of all surprises for their parents. 
Because I remember talking to your sister not long after you'd had Ethan. And I was like, how's Danny? How's mother? She was like, you wouldn't believe it. She's just so natural. And it's it's such a beautiful thing to see. And she didn't. it didn't seem, from what she'd said, that you um, had a step change with it. It was just like, he's here and this is us now. And, yeah. and let's go. Yeah, it was really incredible. There was an amazing moment where she came over to my house and uh, I said, oh, Ethan's just in his coffin. You know, you can go and like have a look, see if he's awake. I haven't heard him on the baby monitor or anything, but he could just be lying there awake. And so she goes in and he's awake and she starts talking to him. Oh, hello, you know, how are you doing? Yeah. And I walked in and just saw his face. He's looking up at her like, that is my mum's voice, but you are not my like. I don't. Um, you, you don't smell like my mum, but you sound like my mum because we sound so alike. Even really if do. we call our parents, they can't tell us apart. They're like, "Where are you? Are you? What are you doing?" And they're like, "If I say, oh, well, I am with Ethan here,' they're like, okay, no, it's Danny. On that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's thing one, not thing two. <laughs> <laughs> You are actually, now you say that, you do sound so alike. You really do. Except when you sing, you sound very different when you sing. For sure, for sure, which is why, you know, it's been fun when we have done duets and stuff. It blends well. Like always siblings blend well, but there's a very different tone there. She has a much higher register than me. There's like a harmonics that happens when you sing with siblings that you, that you can't get any other way. Really interesting, isn't it? And just going for just to go back to the you know the, the the concert that you flew in two days to London to perform in front of your parents. Um, what did they do, and what was their reaction when they saw that you come out on stage with her? Okay, so the funniest thing was they from where they're sitting, like at the side up in this box, they see. A girl with darker hair come around the back of this big stage thing and they know it's not Kylie and they're like, okay, who's that? And I start singing straight away and my dad nudges my mum and says, geez, there's a girl on the stage that looks and sounds so much like Danny because they knew I'd just finished work days before. There is Right. So he played a trick in their head and he's going... I wonder who this is. And my <laughs> manager and her husband are, are standing right behind them, laughing so hard, <laughs> trying not to. Like when they looked around, like, does anyone know who this is? They're going, oh, no, don't know, don't know who it is. <laughs> the audience from the front row had erupted. It was like the roof had come off. Still no clue. Still no clue. <laughs> Still singing together. And they're going, geez, well, Gosh, she's a lot like Danny. But they just thought, you know, she'd chosen somebody to sing with her that was like me. Bless. It was about halfway through before they realised what was going on. And Seriously? <laughs> yeah, and then there was like, ah, moment. And halfway through the song, we, we like we both looked up. I don't know if we pointed, but we like we looked right at them and then we could see at that moment on their faces, okay, they know they've got it. It was the best. How did you not cry in that moment? I would have just been a mess. It was it was just this elation. Like after the show finished, like backstage, I had mates there from London and um, friends that we both know and um, it was just, it was incredible. Because when I arrived, I had to get in 
without them seeing me and so nobody in the the band or the dancers or anyone could know that I was there so there was like a code name on the door like somebody who's a guest performer I can't even remember what name was on the door so when anybody was talking on comms backstage they wouldn't say is Danny here or when are we doing the rehearsal with Danny my name couldn't be mentioned anyway so there were only a couple of people like the musical director Kylie the tour manager and her management that knew that I was there. It was like six people. Um, so it was crazy. Like when I went out on stage, um, even the dancers, nobody knew. And I had That's seen brilliant. them at some of her other concerts. So then when I came backstage, they were like, what? what? Like <laughs> tricked everybody. But it was just like, no, we, we had to get that moment in without it being, you know, spoiled. We're staying in Australia now, and this time with the singer Delta Goodrum, who shared with us her formidable story of finding out after an operation had gone wrong that she had been left without the ability to speak or for her, most importantly, sing. Huge amounts of rehab went into her learning to speak and sing again, and she kept all of this to herself as she underwent rehabilitation. Finally happy to sit back and talk about it, she shares with us now the moment it happened and how she's found her way through it. I'd had a, to get, to get technical, I'd had a, uh, a salivary gland. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Goodrum over here. You know, you learn a lot about uh, cranial nerves and all sorts when you spend, when you spend a lot of time with doctors, you start to end to think that you've got the language down pat. You're like, oh yes, let me tell you about uh, cranial nerve number 12. Um, but uh, no, I, I went through basically... Uh, I had had an, an infection in my uh, salivary gland and and then basically led to having an operation. And then when I woke up, I basically knew, knew something was a bit off and thought it would be routine. I was actually headed to the UK. Of all things, Kate, that no. it was, this was 2018. I had my flights booked and it was one of those moments in time where, again, uh, it was a reset and it was... Basically, I woke up. We'd sort of been there for a month, and then we it was a it was a long journey of step by step of being with the um, healing and trying to get it right. And then we said, okay, we'll take out the salivary gland. So then I basically uh, there'd been a lot of pressure. And I, I I got a bit of uh, nerve nerve damage, and so then basically it means that it, luckily the the nerve is not a cut, or that would be a totally different story. But that damage meant that I had to then learn how to speak again. And how to be able to pronunciate, and so I went to rehab with my with um, speech therapy, which is not the other kind of rehab, but a very uh, speech <laughs> therapy. Just going every single day, um, uh, learning how to speak, and it was a, obviously as a singer, you start to uh, know how how uh, deeply troubling it is at the time. But understanding that, of course, I understood this was a fight that I had to go through, and I had to learn how to, you know, this is your health is your most important thing, and. And I spent all the time trying to speak and learning and had a wonderful speech therapist, wonderful doctors, and to, so I could be able to make the new record again. And I'm talking here today and I'm very grateful for that and so many lessons learnt, but a very silent moment, a very still moment, a very quiet mm. moment to listen and observe. And um, it's kind of where the start of the new record was and that's where I shared my video about how I had come to making this new album and going back to basics of you know, when you uh, have to be the listener and observe and, and I guess, listen to life and, and 
work out where the compass leads you to next. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Up next. It's the queen of breakfast television, Lorraine Kelly. Now, can you imagine being the fool, the buffoon, that had dared to say to Britain's longest-serving breakfast anchor that she'd never make it on screen as a TV presenter? Can you imagine being that guy? Well, such a guy exists, as you're about to learn. What are your sliding doors, fork in the road, what-if moments, What just one moment that kind of went on to sort of be seminal and change everything? Gosh, there's a few more, but you, I mean... Well, I know what yours, yours is, Mum. Go on, then. Yours would be that horrible man saying that you sh- you would never be on telly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. When I was, that was before you were born. That was when I, I worked at BBC Scotland and the head of BBC Scotland said my I'd never make it because of my accent, because I had a Glasgow accent. But that was the best thing he could ever have done because the next day there was a job going at TVAM as a reporter in Scotland and I had I would never have had the nerve to apply for that job. But I just thought I'm going to have to do something because I'm never going to get to be it because all I wanted to be was a reporter. I'm never going to get to be a reporter if I stay here. So I did. So I, yeah, I did that. I guess that was, that was, because that sort of took me down another road. Otherwise, you know, I might have just stayed at BBC Scotland and who knows what you would be doing. Um, but, but because it was such a vast organisation, I went to a place where I was the only one. So I would be, I would be doing sport, you know, back in the early 80s when women really didn't do football or, or rugby or any kind of sports. They do now, thank goodness, and they do it yeah. very well. Um, but, and, I, and I was like the political correspondent because it's only me. <laughs> Next up, we're popping our corks with the head judge of Strictly Come Dancing. Shirley Ballas sat down with me earlier this year and shared with me some extraordinary tales from her past. She is a world championship dancer time and time again. A woman who is known 
for what she can do with her incredible body. So it came as a real sadness to me to hear that only recently, as she ventures into her 60s, has she learned to love the skin she's in. What I'm also learning is low self-esteem, it, it starts with me. So even though there's other people that might, you know, chip away at you, chip, 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 it starts with me. So I have to learn to love myself. I have to learn to be comfortable in my own skin, which to this day is still a bit of a struggle, you know, when I, some things I didn't share in the book, but I'm not comfortable at strictly with anybody who's saying, oh, you look great, you're brilliant, you're this, you're I just can't, everybody knows not to comment. They know not to comment. I can't. It's uncomfortable for me. I, I like to do the best job and stay focused and go into my world. But I, I don't know what it is in me, actually. I think it comes from a very, very small child and, you know, at school and other parents. And I remember one parent saying when I got a boy partner, she said, oh, you're going to have you'll be a teenager and he won't like you because you've got spots and you'll leave pop marks all over your face. I mean, these are, you know, they, they go back. And you don't forget them, you know. You don't forget them. It's it's really strange. You you said um, I, I thought this was a beautiful way of describing this kind of about turn that you've had, and you might not be completely at, at peace with yourself, but far more at peace. You said um, there was one evening when Danny said to you, um, "You're going to go to bed with your, with your makeup on," and he <laughs> then took off your eyelashes and he wiped all your makeup off, and and he said to you, "He said to me, oh, there she is. That's the girl I fell in love with.'" You know, he and was then, un unzipping and, you know, you don't have to have, mm -hmm. look, no false nails. Look at that. No false nails. All my oh. life, I wore these big talons and eyelashes and makeup. And, and now I'm comfortable in a pair of sweats and very little makeup, you know, so. Uh, you yeah. Just have that moment as saying that was a huge rock off my back. And, and it made me sad that at 50, whatever age you were when that moment occurred, um, that you've waited that long for that level of self-acceptance. That that made me yeah, sad. 58, yeah, it was, it was a moment. It certainly was a moment. It's a moment I'll never forget. But uh, with Danny, you know, he likes every, you know, you get older and you wake up, there's another bump or a lump or a dint or a thing. <laughs> You're not there yet, darling, but trust me. So when you oh, get trust to me, it age... takes an hour for my face to wake up these days. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... I mean, my mother, she's great at 83, but, uh, you know, you, you look at yourself and every day it's changing. It's a bit more of this or that. And it's self-acceptance. And I, I do struggle with it. I'm, I'm really trying to, you know, and I have a good partner and, you know, he loves every part of me, what and all, as they say. But until I can accept it, it doesn't matter who accepts it or who thinks what. It's just like, you know, saying things, but they don't penetrate because I stop them here. Yeah, because I have to find myself and I'm I'm in the process of doing that. I think we have much healthier attitudes towards body shapes and um, healthier attitudes towards eating well rather than dieting. But you you were a star of those shows at a time when actually there was a very unhealthy attitude about it all. You were you would would it would be quite common for dancers to be pulled aside and told you've got to lose some weight. You're too fat. Oh, hundred percent. That's what they said. They used the word fat. They did. <laughs> I remember standing in Miami, ready to go on for the United States championships, a year that we had a chance of winning and Corky. Now bear in mind was very tiny, beautiful physique, 27 inch waist, quite broad shoulders. He was only five foot six in stature, but perfectly arms, legs, everything was in proportion. And I remember a lady behind me said, Oh my goodness, Shirley, your bum is twice the size of his. Ha ha ha. But you know what? It wasn't funny. 
No. It wasn't funny. I then had to go on and dance a major final, trying to get back up to the top with this beginner fella that I trained. And everybody used to look at him like this perfect physique. And I, my arms were too fat or my bum was too fat or not fat in relationship, just too big in relationship for a dancer who wants to be a world champion. Everything's visual. Should it be? No, not at all. Is it? Absolutely. And anybody who says in my industry it's any different is lying. They did write-ups on if it jiggles and it wiggles, cover it up. In other words, we're fishnets. So, you know, oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, it's something wrong with your knees there. Oh, maybe you should have your eyes done or, you know, visually it's not. Absolutely. I mean, you know yourself when people walk into a room, most people will judge that the way they walk, the way they stand, the way they sit, what they're wearing. You know, obviously over the years it's getting better, but that's what the society that we're in. You can see it. I feel it when I go somewhere. And if I don't select a dress of choice, like I got bombarded on um, social media this week, some people liked my blue dress. Another lady said, you're minging. Horrible <laughs> dress. Get it off. Too old. But, I mean, I just feel sorry for people that would even sit there and open Twitter and compose that tweet to somebody that they don't know. I mean, what, why would you do that? Well, because sometimes perhaps they're in lockdown. Let's use lockdown as as, as the way means forward at the moment. They, they don't have much else and they reach out or or if somebody gets eliminated, they respond straight away instead of thinking, let me let me answer that tomorrow. And and I forgive them for saying that. Like my mum said, everyone's entitled to an opinion, but you can have your opinion. You know what, Shirley, I'm not really keen on your dresses this week. Love the one last week, maybe. But you don't have to. It's not what they say. It's the way they say it. I mean, I'm used to criticism in a big way, in a big way. So yeah. I can accept it, but uh, just perhaps the way some people word it, if they're listening, would be nice. But in my industry, it was tough. It was tough, you know, and you were up against other girls that I always had a very curvy shape. I was to get super thin, as I did in 2017 on Strictly and drop down to a size six. You know, it was hard work. It was almost not eating. I cannot, I will, I cannot and will not do that to myself again. You know, I Why did you do that, though? Well, do you um, feel that you had be, and this was in my my own head. It was in my own head, so I want to make that clearly. You know, I was going on with this most beautiful woman who I had admired, you know, Darcy Bustle, and she was so mm. slender and so tall and so graceful, and she just seemed, in my own mind, everything I wasn't. So I just took those extra steps to make sure the dress was hanging right and the makeup was right and the hair was right. And and not in competition with her, but in competition with myself to not want mm. to let anybody down. You know, didn't want anybody to think, OK, here's a woman in her late, you know, 50s, all fuddy-duddy. I didn't want that feeling. You know, it's such a, it's such a shame that you, 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 you did that to yourself. And I'm sure that Darcy was... A, probably unaware of it, and B, would be mortified to think that even just her, her mere presence had done that to you. Yeah, she, well, she was lovely, though. You know, she took my hand and she was very encouraging and she helped me. I really missed her when she left. I mean, that tour that we had will have in my memory forever, you know, when you have big long legs and she'd do the splits because we shared a changing room. And, uh, yeah, and I think after she left, I thought, okay, I can just be myself, you know, so I, I it, like I say, it's it's in competition with myself. It's all about how I perceive myself, how I perceive myself. But, you know, when you go back and you look at the energy that you pour into really something that means so little, does it become a regret of yours that you've wasted so much time and energy on 
on on sweating about how you look when it really doesn't matter? I think in the industry that I'm in, well, not I think I know in the industry that I'm in, it was all part of it. It was all part of the journey. And I wouldn't be where I am today in my mindset and my thinking. Um, I, I think I'm always going to have an issue with myself, to be honest with you. Other people will always try to change it. But I think it's so embedded in me that I will always have an issue with me to, to do the best, look the best that I can in the public eye. You know, I just, I, I don't know, I, I just have high standards for myself, I think. So, so talk to me about Danny and how his attitude towards you is so different to any other relationship you've had and, and what that brings you. Well, Danny's attitude, it's not just towards me, it's towards everybody in his life. He's a very accepting person. So when I met him in pantomime, it didn't matter. He re- and he reminded me a lot of my son who was on Broadway. You know, they they know every name of every person, the cameraman and the lady who's delivering the food and the, this one and that one. It's not just about their job. They go beyond. And I love that about him. And then when he started to pay in a bit of attention to me, I thought, well, I'm not really special because it's the way he treats everybody, which is lovely. His sisters, yeah. his mother, his father, you know, Charlie, my little lapa Atsu rescue dog. I mean, they're just inseparable, you know. So he's 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 helped along the way with my self-esteem for sure. But the only person who can truly help me is me. That's so true. But it does help, does it not, to have somebody that says, by the way, the real you without the lashes and the nails and the boobs is is pretty spectacular. Yeah, it, it does help. I remember the other day, I don't know if I can say this or not, but I was taking a shower and he popped in to get his cologne or something and I was all, you know, and he's, I said to him, no, I don't, I don't like looking. He said, well, I do. You're fine. You're just fine. Ah, <laughs> good man. So I'll give him a shimmy shake. <laughs> <laughs> Quick stamber in the shower. Woo! <laughs> with all that soap going everywhere. <laughs> some, some, some undulations. <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) Up next is a sage tale of finding friends in the most unlikely of places. And this comes courtesy of Susanna Constantine, who recalls here how she fell under the spell of her one-time boyfriend's mother, who just so happened to be the late Princess Margaret. I think all of us have great teachers in our back catalogue. And I want to know, who have been your greatest teachers? So many people, Kate. Princess Margaret was one. You were very close with her, weren't you? Yeah, and I went out with her son, David, for many years. And I was very close with her when my mum was at her peak of you know her illness reached its its kind of height she very much became a sort of mother figure I was almost like kind of her Pygmalion and I was very close to her and she taught I can't kind of think of anything that she specifically taught me but she she taught me how to kind of conduct myself I think and how to not really care about what other people think, um, which is of huge value. She was an amazing woman and I I really, I miss her and I loved her dearly. And she she taught me to be completely open and she was someone who I could absolutely pour my heart out to and speak my mind. And um, 
you know, she's, she's been so misunderstood. Uh, and of course she could be, you know, she had her reputation of being difficult, which she could be. But if she realised that you were someone who hadn't, didn't want anything from her or wasn't hoping to gain by an association with her, she was an incredibly loyal, warm, loving, brilliant, smart, highly intelligent, funny woman. So she's definitely someone who I feel so blessed to have had in my life. Isn't it interesting as well, the, th the thing that she taught you there, you said, was to be open. And yet this is from a woman who spent her entire life having to be remarkably closed off. You, yes and no. Yes and no. I think when you're... You, you know, it's like growing up in a zoo, being mm. in that environment, and you've got people pressed up, you, their noses pressed up to the glass. Mm. You know, it's like being a silverback gorilla. You've got people with their noses pressed up against the window, so you learn to, to ignore it. You learn to just get on with your life because you have no, no other option. So, um, you know, she was truly herself, I think, at all times. And I have I, I've had huge respect for that. If you wanted to just speak with Margaret, did you just call her? Could you just drop in? Was it how does how does that work? Um, well, I was kind of, you know, I spent a lot of time with them and um, I would just, yeah, I would ring or turn up or, you know, it was the same as any other family, really. Fair, you know, you. I didn't really think about who she was. She was just my boyfriend's mum. Yeah. I leave you now with a life lesson. Do not drink and then speak your truth when you meet your heroes, especially when they happen to be 50% of the Beatles and you're Craig Charles. I remember once I was at dinner. <laughs> I was only about 20 and um, I was at dinner and sitting opposite me was George Harrison and sitting next to him was Ringo Starr and sitting on my right was Michael Caine and sitting at the, at the head of the table was Bob Hoskins and sitting at the other bottom of the table was Neil Jordan. <laughs> and I remember sitting there having dinner with them, just having idle banter. And Ringo was still drinking back then. He was hilarious. And... Uh, just thinking, oh my God, I've arrived. You know, <laughs> I was like, I was 20 and just thought, oh my God. And they were all talking to me about Liverpool and what's Liverpool like now. And I was taking the mick out of them saying, well, you, you'd find out if you ever went back there, George. Do you know what I mean? I got so scoused <laughs> while I was talking to them. Do you know what I mean? And like, I was kind of berating them for abandoning Liverpool. You left us, George. You left us. You know what I mean? What were you thinking? You know what I mean? Liverpool's the centre of the universe. You know? <laughs> and, um, oh, oh my, my god. god yeah because their contribution to liverpool is so minimal i mean what what, <laughs> what kind of footprint have they left culturally i know and just not realizing that when i look back at it i probably think i, I was if i was george and ringo i'd probably been thinking what a twat <laughs> that's why i left liverpool <laughs> yeah exactly that's why I left it. <laughs> Everyone lives on the Wirral now anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's it for this episode of White Wine Question Time. Uh, we'll be back from the beach next week. Normal business will be resumed. I really do hope that you've enjoyed these last two episodes where we've had a chance to revisit some of the best moments in recent series. Uh, as always, the show is produced by me, Kate Thornton, with Libby Knowles and Richard Hatherall for Yahoo UK. And our music comes courtesy of Andy Bell. Don't forget, we're out on the road in London's West End with three live shows this autumn. You can come and see us with Craig Revel Hallward in September, reuniting the cast of Range Hill in October and with the cast of Dunbreeding in November. Tickets are available wherever you normally buy tickets. And if you can't remember, because it's been that long, we'd highly recommend Live Nation's website or Ticketmaster. Right, I'll see you next week. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.